All right. Welcome to Meet the Masters. This is Tim Watson. I'm joined today by Master Jared Artica. Hello, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. How's it going? Everything's good, man. Life's good. It's Friday. It's sunny. Life's good. <laughs> Excellent. It's kind of, it's not very sunny here. It's a little overcast, but uh, you know, a lot of rain. <laughs> it's coming for us this weekend. We're supposed to get it's gonna be rainy this weekend, but today we're loving it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for joining me. It was interesting with this project, the Meet the Masters project. Um, and like the pandemic in general, like you and I have known each other for years, but I feel like through Facebook Messenger and then text messages, for one reason or another, we started talking and then almost like quarterly or every couple of months, we got a chance to chat uh, about everything, about uh, the martial arts, about business. So, I, you know, uh, I, I really appreciate getting the chance to connect with you on those things through all those. You're, you're a good sounding board for those types of things. <laughs> Same here. You were a huge sounding board to me. I, I, I was seeing what you guys were doing and then I would reach out and be like, oh, what did you do there? That was slick. How did you do that? And then you were teaching me things. And it was just, it was also, especially during the pandemic, it was nice to just hear somebody was going through similar things and just hear how you were dealing with it. Just, you know, just felt like it was a, like some, uh, I don't know, I don't know if you want to say comfort in that in thing, knowing that somebody else was doing similar things and going through the same stuff. So yeah, you, you helped me just as much. So I appreciated the time to connect. Definitely. Yeah. I think comfort is the right word on that where you're just like, Oh, okay. I, like you, you want to feel like you're on the right track and you're, yeah. and if, if you, you see someone else who you respect or you admire doing the same thing. It's like, okay, all right. I, I think I'm good. I, you know, Facebook memories just popped up the, the video, like the chopped up video of people doing the weapons and then tossing the nunchucks. Yeah. And then <laughs> I know that was an idea from you. So that was cool seeing that um, pop up. Uh, you're one of those guys that you, you just, yeah, that part stunk, but you just kind of jumped into you you owned it, right? You 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 just did stuff and and how how did that work out for you in the long run? Yeah, like, you know, jumping into the we had no choice really. You know what I mean? Like during the during the pandemic. Um, you know, it's like we just had no choice. It was like either go online or go out of business, really, is what it was. So it's like just it, like with anything, like with you, like with like what we all do when we have students and we have our, our studio, it's like, what would you do if that was your family? What would you do? You'd, you'd, you'd want to stay connected with them somehow. Right. So you just found a way, you know, it's not like it's not like, oh, my gosh, I can't. You know, this is horrible. It's like instead of it's how can we go ahead with this? You know, everybody was doing the same thing. Everybody was going online and just connecting. And that that video you were talking about, about tossing the weapons and stuff, that was like one of my um one of my students did that and I was like, that's actually like a cool idea. And it was a nice way to keep connected and that spawned conversations amongst each other, amongst them, which was, which was good. You know, the connection was, was the biggest, big, biggest piece, but I will say, you know, like we did it, you know, like you did it, we got through it. We all got through this, thank goodness. But if we never have to go back to something like that again, you know what I mean? I won't, I won't be too upset about it, but there have been some good things that came out of it. Like, you know, these interviews came out of it, right? Like you, you, you being able to show the, the association, you know, introduce the association to so many people that they might not have had this like intimate, intimate kind of discussions with, and, you know, just being able to use technology like we are. And, you know, there's just different ways, like some, you know, COVID was tough, but we, we all came out of it with some good stuff. And, and, um, you know, so it wasn't a complete loss. It was definitely a learning experience and there's some good things that came out of it. So, but I'm glad it's in the past for now. 
I feel like, and and you can tell me if you feel the same way, that a lot of people that stuck with the studio through COVID, uh, it it strengthened their their relationship or their identity, like as far as like being a part of the Dojang. Did you did you find the same thing? Hundred percent. Yeah, we reinforced that too. It's like you know, especially people that tested for GUP rank or black belt rank, saying you know, like you you have this badge of honor that you can say, hey, I tested. I progressed. I stuck with it through a pandemic. I mean, if it doesn't, it's pretty hard. It's hard as it is without a pandemic, you know, but if you can do it through the pandemic, a pandemic like that, you know, it's a, it's a greater sense of pride. So that, you know, saying that kind of thing and reinforcing their, um, their identity for martial arts and stuff like that, just by recognizing that was a big piece for, for us, for sure. You know, it's kind of crazy. It was, we, we have Don testing on two, uh, Saturday tomorrow and we have people that did those pandemic tests and it's like, all right, you're going to have to break boards. You got to spar, you got to do self-defense. Like they went through a very, and not that they didn't go through a tough test, but <laughs> they went through a very different test than what we're used to. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I, I always, even for some of the, um, like some of the master's things, I remember sitting sitting on a panel for that, for the region nine folks. And I'm like, right. this is different, but it's still it's hard in a different way. It's like harder in a different way. It was, you know, it's strange. I didn't know how to put it. It was just like, it was different. They, you know, they weren't breaking boards and they weren't doing certain things, but it was like harder. And it was like nowhere to hide. Like you were just, you had to just keep going. It was the pace was, I don't know. It was, it was just different. You know you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, um, you know, everybody pushes through and does their thing. And every, the challenges are different for everybody. You know? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Erin said her fifth on test, she did it on online. It was, she says, the hardest test she ever did. Yeah, yeah. You're the only one. Maybe there. because maybe because Muhammad was a part of it. That, <laughs> that, that, definitely, that definitely had something to do with it too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so uh moving back a little farther than the pandemic, I want to talk about how you got started in the martial arts. So how how did you get started? What what motivated you to get started in classes in first in the first place? And uh, I guess give give everyone a backstory. Sometimes I'm bad at at uh, introducing people. <laughs> like I just assume people know. Like everyone knows Master Artica. Um, so yeah, just talk a little bit about your your history in the martial arts, where where you got started, and and we'll go from there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if you if you know you know my dad, of course. Um, I that was the reason. You know, it, it was. I was, he was tinkering around with stuff. I was like five or six watching him do this stuff. And I'm like, I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to do everything he was doing. So if he was fishing, I wanted to fish. If he was like shooting hoops, I wanted to shoot hoops. But if he was doing karate, I wanted to do karate. So I, I just, every time he was doing that, I wanted to do it with him. So I, in many ways, I view him as like my first instructor. So he would just, you know, show me stuff and whenever I was doing that, there really weren't classes for five and six year olds. It was like, you know, a long time ago. Um, it was, it was like in the early eighties. Um, and my, my parents are, 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 um, separated and I was living with my mom at the time. And when I would go and visit my dad, we would do, we would do karate is one of the things we would do, you know, there was, he would, we would always have a fun time and we would do karate. And then I would come back to my mom and say, Hey, I want to train. I want to, I want to, I want to sign up. I really want to sign up. So she was looking around 
And um, so I started on, uh, I was living on Long Island at the time. And my dad was still in, in State College where he is now. Um, that's when I would go and visit him in the summers and during vacations and things. And when I would come back, I would ask my mom, you know, sign me up. I want to train. I want to, I want to, you know, I want to be like my dad in that, in that regard. And she, she looked around and we found a, um, a school in our, in the town, just like, you know, down the street from us. And the guy was literally putting up the sign and paint on the walls when we walked in. So I was his I was very fortunate to be his first uh, youth student. His name is uh, Master Charles Water uh, on Long Island, and it was uh, through Mudu Kwan. So it was through the Mudu Kwan Association. So it was under Huang Ki at the time. Huang uh, Ki was still, um, you know, uh, alive and, you know, he was still in charge. And um, so I walked in and started training with, with Master Water and, um, you know, started progressing through the ranks there. And I actually was able to, to, uh, uh, to test for, I think it was eighth cup, um, with he invited um hc huang to the studio so he was he was the center center examiner i'll never i didn't realize the significance of it back then but now i do and i thought that was quite an honor and then uh, you know trained continued to train through him and went to you know some competitions uh, there which were also incredibly different as they are than they are now and then i ended up moving to pennsylvania to live with my dad and transition from the mudukwan association to World Tong Sudo and had to kind of test, you know, show my way through uh, that I still knew stuff. The curriculum was very similar. So it was, um, you know, I, I was just able to show that, okay, my rank over here was somewhat equivalent over here. I had to do some catching up. Um, but then, I, you know, I, I think I came over as a, as a brown belt, um, I think it was third cup. And then I just, it's the rest is history from there. I just kept going on from there, kept progressing through the ranks from there. My dad was always one step ahead. So I would always watch him. You know, I'd be learning my form, but he'd be learning his next form and I'd be, you know, good with mine, but then watching his, cause I couldn't wait to do the next one. And then, so by the time it was my turn, it was kind of like, I did the mental exercise and was able to kind of pick it up. And, you know, and still to this day, he's a step ahead of me. You know, he's a, he's the sixth on fifth on. And so he's still a step ahead of me. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's really where it was. It all started with my dad still continues with my dad, fortunately. And um, that's, yeah, that's the history there. When you, when you moved home or with him, what, did he have his, his own studio at that point? No, not at the time. We were actually at the State College uh, YMCA, and there, there was there was a lot of history in there in Central Pennsylvania with like Master Vaughn and Master White, and um, you know Master Summers, and you know Mr. Demuccio, who he was actually our instructor at the time. He was still there. Um, he, he let, he's not with the association anymore, but uh, you know there was a lot of history during that time. There was and, and Master K, Master. There's sure. I could list so many of them. In there, you know, so we were at the State College YMCA there. So and we trained we trained together there. I remember going to the adult classes with my, with my dad and on like, it was like eight to 10 PM on like Mondays and Wednesdays and being like in like fifth grade, something like that. It was kind of late, but uh, that's where we were at the time. And uh, what year, I know I talked to your dad about this. What year did, did he start uh, his own Dojang? Uh, I think it was 1998, I think. Uh, 1998 or 1999 I think it was it was like the late 90s I think mm -hmm. yeah I, I don't remember the exact date but I think it was 1998 yeah so I started in 2001 and I think my first regional region eight championship was 2002 and I I just remember going to creativity division and your your group was one of the teams it could have been that year but I don't know if you guys did a team every year uh, you stood out to me. Like there, there, there were others that had like 
crazy like black belt academy and shin karate they would have these big elaborate sets and demos and things like that and i just remember your team um didn't necessarily have all the costumes and stuff but you just had rock solid basics and like you just stood out um did were you do you kind of you kind of spearheaded that like um growing up in the dojang did did you kind of help guide the studio as far as um i don't know the the competition part like demo teams was that something that you were really into yeah 100 yeah i i i um 100%. Yeah, I had opportunities all the all the way throughout. Like, you know, my dad and I were always a good team together, you know. And so he was actually we had our we had a demo team um when we were at the State College Y as well. We had a demo team there and my dad was in them with us and and stuff and then when he uh, he 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 started to transition out and then he transitioned me in so watching how he ran them and how he did his things um you know was a really good learning experience for me and then you know seeing what watching other teams like the, the good teams that you mentioned there like the ones that were just like oh look at that oh, like you know always learning from the from the competition and what you can take away and being like wow we got to really step up they're so good and um you know, just taking what my dad taught me, what we learned from the from watching the other schools, and uh, when he stepped away, he he let me run it. And yeah, we we did as as much as we could. We did have a team every year, and we couldn't we couldn't do the props really. Like there was there was some there was reasons like either like budget reasons or transporting them down there reasons, yeah, kind of a thing. All so the we, above. <laughs> all the above, right? And so we decided to just like you said, kind of stick with the stick with the roots of just the, of just the basics, just make, make sure our, our tongue sudo is energetic and solid and as, and as flash as we, as we could, uh, but stuck, stuck to the basics. And so, yeah, that's, that was the, uh, that was the, he, he did hand that off to me. And then same thing with classes, you know, like he, he would uh, give, give me, we were always a good team. So it's like we had, and I'm sure, as you know, we have somewhat different personalities and so different, like, uh, it was good though. Like he would have his approach to teaching and then I'd have my approach to teaching and they would be slightly different, but similar in some ways. So students would appreciate the, the variety of the similarity, if that makes, if that makes sense, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely was able to, to have a, a good role in the studio. And I, I appreciate that because it really, um, um, prepared me for everything that, that I've done since. Uh, yeah, you, you were saying you were kind of uh, you you really you you really are right behind him. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> it's cool. I mean, it's great to have a have someone that you can follow in the footsteps of uh, like that, especially when it's you know, oh, by the way, it's also your dad. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, we're gonna. I, I was gonna jump into creativity. Uh, We'll, we'll we'll push. I have another question for that, but we'll, we'll sure. keep going with that um, time frame. So what age around that, like 98, 99, how old were you at that point? I was 20, 21. Around okay. That time. So what was the motivation? Why keep training through all the, you know, high school? I'm assuming you continue to train through college. What motivated you to to keep training through all of that? Oh well, you know, um, yes, I did train through college. I actually tested for Samdan as a as a I think it was my freshman year, first semester of college. So it was a, I remember it was just a lot, a lot of training, a lot of getting ramped up in college and stuff. But 
but I guess the, the answer is, is like, you know, when you start, when you start so young, it's just like, it's just like what you do. It's just who you are. It's just like, it's hard to, why would you give up what you've, who, who you are, what part of who you are? You, you know what I mean? It's just like, I'm going to middle school and I train, I go to high school and I train, I go to college and I train. It's just like, I go, I graduated college. I'm working. I train. I'm a husband, father. I train, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just kind of what, what you do. It becomes a, it's not a part, it's not a, it's not what you do. It becomes more a part of like who you are. And it really doesn't matter about really what, um, kind of like age you start right you know you could you could start as a teenager or an adult and you know if you stick with it long enough it, it does just become part of who you are not just what you do you know what I mean and so that's for me it was just the the main reason it became a part of like that's just it's part of what I do you know it's just it is what it that's what it is so yeah a lot of people end up having the excuse like oh uh school is tough. And I have so many friends at this point, including my wife, who not only did she train through college, she trained through medical school. Um, <laughs> so it's one of those things, like if you love it enough, if you want to make the time for it, you can. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Coming up through the, the ranks, what were some of the things that you enjoyed the most about the martial arts did you have something that was like your thing yeah i enjoyed it all i really did i, I enjoyed it all um i would say probably the thing that stood out was competition of course um but also but you know i i don't know it's it's strange to say it's hard for me to say but but i enjoyed it all i, I really enjoyed i you know i love all aspects of it i love the love the forms i love the breaking of the sparring i love the the uh, self-defense i love the competing but I think I think the uh, I did always look forward to the to the competitions and things like that, like that, you know, um, all of our regional championships, all of our local um, open tournaments and things that we would go to and things. And uh, I enjoyed all of those two, th things, too, because it really was a great supplement to do the training and helped you kind of, you know, step up your game in a different way other than just going for a rank. You know, it, um, it was helping you step up in a different way because there was other people that were, you know, you were going up against and stuff. So mm -hmm. I definitely enjoyed uh, competition for sure. Who were some of the, I was trying to think of your kind of generation. Who were the, the guys that you competed with uh, the most? So there's so many good ones, man. Like, you know, um, I, I competed with Muhammad, Dante, Dante Davis, um, Rob Masseroni. I, I don't know if you remember John Trotta. That, yeah. Um, uh, Antonio. Uh, uh, Paul Ramirez. <laughs> did I say, did I already say Rob Masseroni? Master yeah. Pichero, Master Jorgensen. Um, Mike Black, he's still training, you know, like the, uh, Antonio Borrello. He, he was, he was, we never actually competed against each other. He was, he was a little younger. He was just, just okay. a little younger to be just outside. Uh, Rick Harsh, uh, Tom Kifflow, um, wow. it, it, like just a lot, a lot of, uh, I just, I loved, I loved competing with those guys. And it's I, like, this is, and, and almost, you know, everybody there, you know, if they're still, um, you know, on this earth, they're, they're still training. You know what I'm saying? All those, all those people, you know, you know, um, they're just been phenomenal. I, I, it was such a blessing to be, uh, going, coming up through the, through the, through the, uh, ranks and being able to compete when they were competing as well. Absolutely. I, I have a, a similar memory of, of my competing and you have those guys that you felt like you were on the same level, at least for me. And then you had those guys that you were chasing all the time. And 
it was good to have both of them, right? Because it feels good to win every once in a while, but then you know there's someone that always has your number. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> that's what makes it fun, man. Like it, it's, it, you gotta, that's how you know you're going to get better. If somebody has your number, there's something more you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's always something more you can do, and that person's showing it to you, you know, definitely. Yeah, it's you and I have shared, uh, you know, sparring drills and things like that, but we never, I've never gotten a chance to spar with you. So one of these days, yeah, definitely, uh, it'd be fun. <laughs> need, to, need to come up or, or get you to come down and uh, have a sparring class. Hundred percent, I would love it. I would love it. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, so we, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. You, you have your, you have your own studio in in Region Nine. Um, how did you how did you end up in region nine in massachusetts uh yeah, yeah. so um my i met my wife it, it kind of goes back a second here so I, yeah please I, um, feel free to I, jump around however you need to <laughs> yeah because it's, it's not like oh i'm just gonna go there it was there was uh there was several reasons for it so like you know in college i met my met my wife in college and she's from new england she okay. her um her her family is it lives in connecticut her sister lives in massachusetts and um and so in, in Pennsylvania, it, you know, it was, it, that's still home to me. Region eight is still, you know, uh, home to me, still miss all you guys. Uh, but at, at, there came a point where my, my wife, my wife was definitely missing her, her family. And there were, you know, there weren't just like a, you know, a three hour drive is not that big of a deal, but when it comes to like seven ish more hours of a drive, it's kind of like, you, you got to go for more than just a weekend. And right. so it, it started to kind of like, kind of weigh on her a little bit and we had our we had our daughter her daughter was getting a little a uh, little older and um you know so we were, my my wife just said she you know she wanted to be closer to her, her family and and also like you know where where I was uh at in state college there was you know it was already kind of I was I was kind of wanted to start my my own dojang because I felt like my my uh my my dad had taught me a lot I've learned a lot from all the all of my um peers and you know seniors in region eight and I was like you know wanted to try it and wanted to do it. But in, in central Pennsylvania, there was already a lot of schools and there was, you know, and it was and in towns where there weren't schools, there was like, you know, like 800 people, like literally 800 people, you know? So I didn't want to play like a small game. I wanted to go somewhere. If, you know, if we were going to get the 1%, I didn't want it to be like eight people, you know, you know what I mean? I wanted to be able to have the chance to be around a lot of people. So the best compromise for us, um, for, for, for my wife, Lisa and I was to, to, to go not where her parents were, but to go in mass. Cause if we went to Connecticut where her parents were, we would have gone from where there was a lot of schools in central Pennsylvania to where there was a lot of already really good schools in Connecticut. So we were like, how can, how can we be around her family? And how can we go somewhere where there's like help to grow world tongue Shido where there's really nothing yet. So that's where, that's where we ended up. We ended up in central Massachusetts, right near her sister and her sister, there was, there's no studios. The closest one was in uh, Master Costa in New Bedford, and um, I think there was I think there was a, maybe a club getting started in Springfield. So that was like on two opposite ends of the state. So we were in the middle. So it was a it was like wide open, and it was her family. So um, it was a win win. So it was a way to start to start over uh, for for both of us. How was that transition when you go from like you said uh, people around? you know, uh, support to where you're kind of on a, on your own Island. Uh, like, even though you have a few studios in the, the state, like you said, you're kind of, they're here, you're here. And how, how, how did that go in the beginning? 
Yeah, we, it's still going. <laughs> as a, so yeah, it's uh, thankfully it's still going very well. I'm very blessed. Uh, but it, it was definitely a hard, hard ramp up thing because when I moved, I was working for um, an engineering company in State College, and uh, and they allowed. They, I was very grateful. They allowed me to work remotely. So you know. <laughs> Little did I know, I already knew how to work remote when the pandemic hit. So I, I'd been doing all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, we were doing uh, Google Hangouts. We weren't using Zoom. We were using like Skype and Google Hangouts and stuff. But um, it was it was it was hard because, you know, I, I felt I, I was very um, I was always very like face to face with people at, at my job there. And then having to be all the way through the computer, it was hard. And then not having to just a, a studio to go to go train at like that was right there to kind of go you know blow off some steam my studio was my like my basement that was moving boxes around and stuff and so it was it was a tough ramp up uh, you know because it was like you know I was, I was working I felt a little disconnected um, and then I didn't have my own studio or our own group of people right nearby but thankfully you know one of the another reason why we moved to region nine was I just I loved the culture of region nine and I got to you know I had a lot of friends through the master's clinic, you know, meeting Master Fairley and you know Master Valentin, Master Couture, those people I would I, I knew them from the from the from the um from the clinic, and they were just a fun group of people. And I was like, cool, it's another win. I love the culture up there too. So you know, and so they would they were very supportive. Like, hey, come down, come down and train. You know, while you're doing your thing, come down. Whatever we can do to help, they were always very helpful. Um, but it was it was definitely hard to kind of start from scratch, but at the same time, it was also like exciting, you know. And um, the way I the way I got started, it was it was um, kind of a, I don't know, it was like a coincidence or it just kind of fell into place. Was I'm like, you know, I don't want to go off and rent a place right away. I just you know, would, I'd rather go to like to say a YMCA where they just need a martial arts program. So I was like mm -hmm. looking around. There was like big YMCA's around here. There's three big ones. And so I just looked at each one and, and one of the one closest to us was ironically had a, had a job opening for a martial arts instructor um, just out of the blue. And they, they posted it like um, three weeks before the um, after we'd moved. So I applied for it and uh, it, um, they didn't have many applicants, but uh, the ones that that did apply were more for like they were more focused towards adults and they wanted more people that were focused on kids, which is what we we have a lot of that for in our association, thankfully. So. I started there. I started there at the um, at the YMCA, and they were really great to us. And uh, we just kind of outgrew it there. And then that's how we moved into our commercial space and to into where we are now. But when we were when I was working with my job in Pennsylvania and ramping up the, the studio, it was almost like two two full time jobs at the same time. Mm -hmm. But it was it was all worth it. It was one hundred percent all worth it to 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 be able to do what I'm doing today. What year did you start the the YMCA program? What year was that? Uh, 20, 2013. Wow. Oh, so it's 10 years. 10 years. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's great. Um, what I what I always admire about you is you're a one-man show, right? You're you're the guy. And and I, I know you have been working hard to to build a team. Um at some point you like this is what you do, right? Like you're, you're, you're all in on the martial arts thing. Um, how was that? You know, we just talked about a transition. How was that transition and, and trusting yourself and, and just being like, I'm, I'm going to do this. It's going to work. Like how, how has that uh, journey been? Yeah. It's, it's just like anything else. I know I, I, I've heard, <laughs> heard this. Um, I don't know why, why this came up 
I, there's this video from Steve Harvey, the guy that, you know, hosts uh, Family Feud. Yeah. And he was saying, it was, it was a video. He said, there's going to be a time where you just got to jump. He said that over and over again. You just got it. And that, that resonated with me. It was just like a timer. It was just like, I could have stayed there at the YMCA and just, you know, found an engineering job and done both. But at the end of the day, this is, this is what I've wanted, wanted to do. And this is where my passion lies, you, you know, like, you know, like, it's like you always say, like, if you, if you love what you're doing, you're, you're going to get through the hardest days. There's always going to be hard days and stressful days, even the things you love to do. But if you love what you do, it's going to be easy to get through those harder, harder days. So it was, it was, I just remember hearing that video from him and just saying, all right, we got to, we got to jump. And, and thankfully we had such a good solid group of families and students that were, ex were excited about going to and having their own space. And, and, you know, it's, it's always, <laughs> I don't know how my wife does this sorts of thing, but in Pennsylvania, she found our house. Like we were looking, I was looking everywhere, but for some reason she just drives somewhere and she goes, oh, we're going to live there. And then <laughs> I don't know how she did it, but then we lived there. We were able somehow we like, it worked out financially. Like we, it was actually within our budget. We were able to afford it. Same thing with this, the space we're in. She, she saw that I was like, you know, getting ready to jump and, and maybe hesitating just a little bit and she would she would drive around and then she goes you're gonna go there and she called the landlord first and and hooked me up with it and, and basically said you go there and and um so you know ramping into that that uh that space was uh was was definitely like kind of a um a scary a scary thing to do you know any sort of change but at that point i had changed so much so much i just left pennsylvania where i was at for like 20 years everything was familiar knew everybody moving to where like there was nothing we knew nobody here so i was kind of like hey if we're gonna change let's just power, uh, pile on all of the change all at one time you know, you know what i mean and that's kind of like what we did and you know i just had the faith that uh, the 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 students that we were blessed to have they were that they uh they were going to help us make make our school you know it's not mine it's like our school great and they were they were going to make it that way and which they did thankfully they you know mo most almost everybody came over with us um to the to the uh to the commercial space and were excited to do it they were like it's our home you know and that's what i that's what i wanted them to feel was that it's like it's our home it's our space we can do whatever we want here and um it was um it was a lot it was it was definitely scary but i i really had high confidence that it was it was going to work because because of the because of the student student base we had like the the just the great families really supportive families that we had that's awesome and i you know whenever i'm at a world championship or i went to the region nine tournament recently i get a chance to see your students and they're always one they're always so respectful and nice open to feedback um but they're also the ones that i've seen are are sharp, right? They, they're, you can tell that they're the, not like, you know, they're, most of them are kids. So yeah. <laughs> at this point they're lifers, but they're, they're in, you know, they, they bought into the the program and it's, it's cool to see that. And I'm, I'm always happy to see that for my friends um, that, you know, it's not a surprise, but it's still nice to see that you have those uh, dedicated, uh, students so it's awesome yeah thank you and like i said it's they're 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 a blessing they're just as much of a as of you know they're they're a part of my extended family that's how i view them truly yeah. truly and like you know if you you know 
they, they truly are, especially the ones that have been with us from the very beginning. You know, some of the ones that you saw compete at the world tournament. I think that some of them were in your ring, I think. Yep. And you gave, yeah. you gave some really good feedback. They came back and, you know, said that you got you gave them some good stuff that they've been more they've they worked on. They worked on four regionals and stuff. And um, yeah, they I appreciate you saying saying those sorts of things because they they are we're just they're, they're a blessing to me. They're like my extended family. So going back, you know, full circle, as far as the creativity goes, uh, I, I got to see, I actually got to be a judge for the region yeah. nine creativity this year and your, uh, your team crushed it, man. They did a great job on the, on the, the, you know, the theme that they did this year's and congratulations on getting the, the win. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. It was, yeah, it was awesome to have you there. I was, it was, it was like to have you and, uh, Jeff and Anna there. It was, it was nice to have uh, region eight. Part of the That's right. family there. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, you could tell they you know you you talked about growing up you didn't have a lot of props and things like that and you guys went all out with the props and the costumes and it was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we we did and I, like I, you know I said I mentioned before that um that I you know going up through the ranks I loved competing. And obviously, you know, we, you have, you have, you have your in-house tournament, which is really awesome that you, you know, we have, you know, some competition still at our, our level, but uh, you know, um, I don't have a lot, I don't do a lot of competition. So like I, I get my competition, like juice out through, you know, through working with the students that are competing, you know? So like, since I, I'm not able to do creativity myself anymore, watching them do their thing is like so rewarding watching them work so hard and, you know, put their whole heart and soul into it and see that, see the things come together as they coach each other and sometimes, you know, push and kind of get in each other's face and get, let's go, you know, kind of thing. It's just a rewarding to watch them push each other and, and work hard and to see them do their thing. Just yeah, really proud of them. You work, they're, they're working hard. That's great. Uh, as, as someone who grew up as a grew up in the martial arts, do you feel like that's an advantage for you when it comes to teaching kids? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, cause I've, I've, I've gone through every phase of it. You know, I've gone through like going through, um, you know, I'm playing soccer. So now I don't want to go to karate. And my, and my mom is always like, that's cool. Get in the car. We're going to karate. You know, same thing with my dad, you know, it's okay. Go, go, you're going to karate. You know, it's like, I was going to do other things plus, plus karate. You know, it was always a, it was a, it wasn't another, it wasn't an activity. It was like a life investment. It was like a, a development in my abilities you know what I mean and my my life skills you know so um knowing how to how they learn because I I learned whenever I was you know five six I remember what made sense when my instructor was talking to me I remember what 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 came across well for me to digest and what was hard for me to digest and those sorts of things and then as a teenager those sorts of things was very helpful you know knowing knowing what was interesting to me, what was once interesting to me is no longer interesting to me as a teenager. So knowing what that was, and I'm seeing to myself, like, even though I've seen some of our students start as like, you know, eight years old, now they're like, you know, I had a student just two days ago, turn 18, you know, and we have several that, and uh, you know, a lot of them turned 18 the past couple of weeks. And I'm like, I can't, yeah, and I'm not viewing them as eight years old. They're teenagers. They have other um, desires and they have other uh, like interests. So we got to make sure that we're maintaining their, their core, but also cultivating their interests. And I remember experiencing that exact same thing. I had to have my, I had to balance what I, what I needed, which was, you know, my core fundamentals, but also what I wanted, which was the, I want to be able to do stuff with this like teen body that can do stuff now, you know, strong right. and, 
and whatever. So yeah, being ever definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that, that I had, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, all the way up to where I am now having experienced it all. So I could relate more to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we have some guys that like 18, 19, early twenties. And I, I, they come in and teach and I, I always tell them, it's like, look, this is the time to train. Like you're never going to have more time in your life than right now. Yep. <laughs> it's not going to get any easier to find time to train. So do it now. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. And your body, your body is yeah, that, just do all this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, it's like, you're, you know, I started when I was 21 and, and, as soon as I started, it's like, man, I, I need, I want to push the limits. Like, let's do this. <laughs> I, I, I still can't believe that you were, you, you said you started when you were 21. I, yeah. I, 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 you know, like I could have sworn that you started when you were younger because like the way you moved, it was like, I remember, I, I remember watching you also compete uh, and stuff and, and being like, like, oh, he's in that older division. I thought you were like, younger because the way you were moving like you're moving good you know and I, I was I always to my brain I always thought you started younger than that yeah yeah well I appreciate that um yeah I'll be 43 in July so yeah we're just, we're roughly the same age yeah, yeah. a couple years difference <laughs> um I had a question and it just went away so kind of going back to, you know, talking about competing and, and it's crazy to think that it's been 10 years since you, uh, you moved up there. Um, you mentioned before we started uh, the leadership class. So like, for those of you who don't know, Re Region 8 has a, a class on others May um, of third degree black belts. They get together once a week or, or sorry, once a month, most months, uh, and they get to train with the high level masters or things like that were you around i think you were kind of part of the first class right i i, I came in shortly after it started because there was it was like the first ones were like in the philadelphia area yeah yeah um, and i came in <clears throat> shortly after that can you share some stories some uh, memories about those those classes and uh, i'm sure a lot of the names that you talked about earlier were in those classes as well master harsh master black master kefalo yeah, yeah, there was, there was uh, definitely a lot. I mean, we had um, when we when we started that it was um, we had this. There was like in you know it was mo mostly towards the Philadelphia area. I, and I, I think I think some of them, at least the initial ones, were in, at headquarters, like the yeah, they were at Shen, yeah. yeah. Um, and then they started a uh, like a they had an eastern one and like a western one for the people okay. that were more towards the center part of the state or or the whole western part of the state. That's where I really was. Um, was involved mainly what was involved there and um we would uh have them i think we i believe we started at appalachia which is master merrill's uh student master white that area um mm -hmm. i think we started there i believe that was the first first uh class i, I think i could kind of remember the picture i could see like master josephix master k um kelly kemper was in there um uh who else was in there um, I think Mr. Vaughn was there too, I believe. I, I, I can't remember. I, can, I, I have the picture in my head. I have to, I would have to look at it, but it started there and um, it, we would move, the location would move. So there was, you know, it was one time it was there. Another time it was um, at Master Homechecks studio out in Pittsburgh. And then there was a time it was at Master Josephic's studio. And then it was at our studio. And then at the end of the years, we would have um, these like combined things where mm -hmm. we would train with uh, 
Grandmaster Shin and the Eastern side. And those were, those were a lot of fun. Those combined classes, those were, we all, everybody looked forward to those and, uh, you know, just having those three hour classes with, with, uh, Grandmaster Shin and doing forms and then having food with them and, uh, you know, having some, just having, having a good time and hanging out. And those were, those were a good time. And, uh, and yes, and when we, when we did the combined one, it was lots of, you know, there was other people in there like Master Peterman, Master Melchiori, uh, yeah. uh, like all these people that we still, that, that we've had this relationship, they're still around, which is so cool. This cool to have, you know, that we're all still together. Yeah. You know, now that you said that I totally forgot that there were two classes, um, you know, cause it's been a, it's been when the region split up and, you know, that part of the Pennsylvania became its own region. Um, you know, obviously the need for that was, was gone, but yeah, f- I forgot about that. That's, um, cool memories. You mentioned yeah. Grandmaster Shin. Do you have, uh, do you remember the first time you met him or some, uh, some memories of, of him as you were growing up through the martial arts? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, lots. I'm as I'm sure, as I'm sure you do too. Like, um, he's a unforgettable guy. And, uh, I, I remember the first time I met him, believe it or not, it was, um, I remember I was at, it was in, it was in Pennsylvania. My dad was doing, um, he was testing, I forget what gup he was testing for. It was a gup testing. It was at this, uh, this building on the Penn state campus called the white building, I think. And, um, I remember being up on the, up in the stands and watching him test and watching the people above him test. And there were still some of the, um, some of the Korean masters were still there. I think I, I remember them yelling about not landing too hard. <laughs> they were yelling at them saying no noise, but I remember looking down, uh, and, uh, looking down to see Grandmaster Shin and Master Beam was looking around, you know, really, t- you know, Master Beam would look yeah. up and just make sure everybody was, you know, keeping space from uh, Grandmaster Shin. And uh, I remember afterwards, you know, I congratulated my dad on his test or whatever. And I said, I want to meet, I want to meet Grandmaster Shin. And I remember him introducing me to him with Master Beam standing. I remember that very vividly. Grandmaster Shin, Master, <laughs> Master Beam right behind him. And um, I'll never, you know, I'll never forget me. I'll just never forget that time meeting him. It was very, very warm. Um, you know, just, just being in his presence was just motivating. And um, I, I, I'll never forget. I'll never forget that very first time. And, uh, and all of the, you know, we, we've, we had being in region eight, we were very blessed to have him like right, right there. And we were able to train with him often at the, at the leadership classes at the black belt clinics, um, you know, at, at uh, seeing him at the, the tournaments, hearing him speak, seeing him at the, at the black belt tests, um, you know, working with him on the, the Western side of the leadership class and hearing his guidance, um, all those sorts of things. And, you know, and just his, his sense of humor was just, <laughs> was 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 always fun like he would always say something out of the blue that you'd just be like you wouldn't expect it and it would be funny you know what I mean and um you know it, I I those I, I remember very very vividly when I first met him and then many many memories out of him after that yeah the the, the three roles at uh black belt camp do you remember the three roles <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about it yeah, it was, uh, yeah, like, you know, uh, one more time or on beyond punctuality beyond time, uh, yeah. one more time. And then the, the no hanky panky, no hanky panky. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of those, like, did he just say no hanky panky? Yeah, right. <laughs> Were you and there he, the year where he made us, uh, watch Mr. Bean? Yes. And he was laughing hysterically. <laughs> that was, that was one of my favorite memories of him just because he wanted, he said it was very important for us to laugh. That's what he said. Be happy, laugh, 
You know what I mean? So he put on Mr. Bean and he was sitting there just hysterically laughing at everything that <laughs> Mr. Bean was doing. It was funny. Yeah, it's, it's one of those, it's like, we're in a gym, it's hot. And you just want to either go get something to eat or, you know, whatever, decompress for the night. And he's like, we're going to watch Mr. Bean. It's like, <laughs> I, I, I remember that show. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we watching this? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you went from Region 8 and, and being able to have Grandmaster Shin there to, to moving to Region 9 and then uh, being able to spend some time with Grandmaster Bodwin. Um I've, I feel like him and, and Grandmaster Shin had a lot of similarities in just being a warm, uh, welcoming person. Just share some memories. Uh, could you share some memories about Quanjin and Bodwin with us as well? Yeah, definitely. I, I remember the very first time I met him, too. It was at my first world championship in um, uh, 1998. It was still when we were still at the Civic Center in, in Philadelphia. And uh, I was it was my first competition in world Tungsudo when I moved from Mudaquan. So it was, I was, so it was huge. This, you know, this, you know, I went from going to some like national tournaments and it's like smaller tournaments at, at in the Mudaquan to this gigantic tournament in, in this other organization. So I was like really nervous, but he was my center judge. And um, when I went up, I, I remember I was going up and doing Basai, which I was, it was still kind of new to me. And so I was <laughs> new form, huge venue, competing, still pretty young, nervous. But then I look at the center judge and the center judges, um, he was master Bodeman at the time, of course. And just the the way he looked at me with this like warm, just all the, I don't know, it was like all the the nervousness left me and I was able to kind of just enjoy competing and just enjoy doing it. It was my very first impression of him and, and how accurate was that of him who's throughout his whole entire life. He would just look at you, his, his smile was the warmest thing like on the planet almost, right? He would smile at you and he can make the worst day, the best day with that, just that smile. And I remember that, that was my first, uh, first memory of him. And then coming up and having the, um, the, you know, the, uh, the privilege of spending some time with him in my time here in, in region nine, it was, was awesome as well. I mean, he was still same, same person, never, never, you know, has never changed. It was, he was still the same warm, yet motivating person, you know, inspiring person, very wise. And, uh, you know, just having the opportunity to train, train with him, be trained with him and here, here and go to, we would have our, you know, studio owners meetings and hear his perspective, go to his Karate Kid Olympics tournament uh, a couple of times and um, that sort of thing. It was just, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was a good, um, it was, it was a blessing. It was such a great opportunity. I was very fortunate to be able to come to the region while he was still here. I love what you said where you you could feel the the care and the warmth just from looking at him. You know, sometimes I I feel like that. I try to do that in the studio, but, um, you know, just hearing you say that in a tournament, just just a look being able to kind of calm you down. Um, that's awesome. I, that's something that I will I will think about the next time I. I judge um, and, and at the studio, right? And just tr- trying to make people feel at ease and, and comfortable because uh, sometimes, especially with the tournament, it can be a little nerve wracking. So that's awesome. Definitely. Thank you for sharing yeah, There's that. actually a picture. I, I don't, I don't um, my dad took it. And he, the way Master Bodwin was looking at me, he was looking 
down, but smiling. So he was looking at me like, you're going to, you, you got to get this done, but you're going to be fine. That was, that was, that's pretty much what his face said. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like looking down with this warm smile. It was looking down. It's like, get it done. Let's go. But you're okay. You're okay. You know, you know what I mean? Like that's, that was, that was the feel. I, when I look back at that picture, I could still remember how everything just kind of went, okay, I can do this. <laughs> you know, that kind of a thing. So yeah, I, I like what you said too, about though, like, we should learn from that. We should try to do that ourselves, you know, to our students and to our people that we're judging, like the things that we received from them, we should try to maybe give back in our, in our own ways to, to them, to, to, our, to the next generation. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's never going to be another, you know, Grandmaster Bowen, but we can certainly share that spirit and energy in our own way. Um, right. For sure, so, right. Yeah. Um, I, one of my favorite st- memories was when I got my, my master's belt, I, uh, he was tying my belt on and one of my friends was screaming like, woo, Tim. And he just kind of, he patted me on the cheek. It was Jen Tordowski. I'm sure you know, Jen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, she, he patted me on the cheek and he's like, oh, I guess you got a few friends out there <laughs> or <laughs> fans. And, you know, just gave me that smile and, and, I wasn't doing anything, but I was so nervous and it was just one of those, he disarmed me and it's like, okay, I can enjoy this and I can have fun with this. So yeah, he was, re- he was really good at, at doing those types of things just making pe- people feel at ease. So yeah. Making people feel at ease and also making people feel like he, you, you had 100% of his attention. Like mm-hmm. he, like it, he was just, when he was speaking with you, he wasn't looking there or over there. He was, you were the only thing on TV at the time, for, you know, so to speak, you know what I mean? Like you were, you were, you were looking, he was looking right at you and it was like, you had 100% of his attention. He was completely present in his interactions with you every time. I, I never found him distracted ever. He was always very present, which is, I think probably another reason why he was so like warm and welcoming is because it's like, you felt, you felt important to him just because the, because the attention he gave you and it was, he did that to everybody, everybody. And it was amazing how he did that. Now that you're a, a full-time studio owner, um, you talked about like staying focused on, on things and he was good at doing that. How do you find balance uh, with running a studio, being a small business owner, being a dad, being a husband? Um how do how do you find a balance in, in your life with those things? I definitely fail a lot at that. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> do. But I also reach out to people like you and people that that you know seem to do it well and and that have families and they're you know teach and do very busy and do stuff and ask for your your see what you're up to and sorts of things. It's it's just it's hard it's hard. It really is. It's um but it, 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 like anything else, it comes down to trying to be trying to be disciplined, you know, and trying to if, if things are very busy, that if, if you are with your family, that you're trying to be present with your family. And that's all that happens. Not like, oh, my gosh, we have gut testing in a week and I still have to do blah, 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 blah. It's, that doesn't matter right now because the car, the time I've carved out right now is to be with my family or the time I've carved out right now is for me to take care of myself and go and train and exercise or the time I've carved out right now is just go to sleep and recharge, you know, and then when it's time to grind and hustle, that's the time carved out. That's what I do. And so it's it just just coming down to trying to be 
to be disciplined, but it's, it is, it's hard. It's hard to not let the things kind of blend into each other. It's, it, it is hard. Uh, but like anything else we have to, and I'm by no means good at it. I'm not claiming to be good at this by any means. Um, but, but it's like, like anything else we have to practice We have to keep trying to keep the balance If like one thing, if we start to give too much attention to one thing and this is starting to lack, we kind of have to try to try to scale back a little bit over here and get this back and just try to try to find that balance. It's just this, it's practice, but it's, it's definitely hard, but at the, at the root of it, it's trying to be disciplined and present. And that's the, that's what I found. And it's both of those are for me, are a struggle at times, but um, it's worthy of the, of the challenge to try to develop both those things. Yeah. And, and it, it, like you said, it's always hard, but being disciplined, I think is something one of the things I've learned about you is, is if you go into something, you always, you have a plan and, and you have questions and you set yourself up to have as much information as possible. Right. So I'm not surprised that, you know, it's that everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. Uh, <laughs> everyone has a plan until life, life hits you right between the eyes. Um, but otherwise, if you, if you don't have a plan, it's just it's even worse. So um, like you said, none of us are perfect at it. But if you have a plan and you're disciplined in your in your plans, it it definitely helps. Uh, it helps keeps things more organized and keeps your life more sane. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I've definitely uh, also been uh, told at times, probably more often than I would like, that maybe I over over plan. A little bit. Sometimes I got to pull the trigger a little faster. Hence my wife saying, here's a commercial space. Right. Let's move. You know, so sometimes those people in my life are, are very helpful to, you know, they see that I have a plan and I'm stalling, which I'm sure somebody, somebody else, I'm hopefully I'm not the only person that is like that. I stall people like people like master Valentin saying, all right, let's go. You know what to do. Just go. Or master priest, you know, like that have been people that have been master, Santiago also been, you know, people are saying, you know, you got this, go stop planning, <laughs> just go. You've got enough data, go for it. You know, it comes back to the whole jump thing, you know? Right. Yeah. Master Gowan always his, one of his jokes was ready, fire, aim. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. It's just like uh, a lot of times you can, you can learn as you go. <laughs> right. You know, and that's, that's easier said than done sometimes. And, and some people are, are better at doing that. And honestly, I feel like I've gotten better at that because I'm a, uh, an instructor because I'll sometimes I'll have a game plan when it comes in, comes to teaching class. Um, but you know, like one, of, like I always mess with one of our instructors. He'll be like, what are we doing tonight? It's like, we're going to teach some tongue pseudo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> Master Valentin uh, has, has another, has a, I like his approach to that too. He's like, we're going to do the two-step approach. And I'm like, what's a two-step approach, sir? And he's just like, and he goes, we're going to take one step on the mat and another step on the mat, and then we're going to get to work. <laughs> so it's like, no, no need to plan. We're just going to go step, two steps on and get to work. <laughs> kind of a thing. That's perfect. You know, sometimes if that's what you got to do, you just got to go do it. You have enough knowledge and experience and just leverage that, you know, sometimes. Yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. Um, cool, man. Uh, as we're winding down here, I again, I want to thank you for joining me 
Is there anything that we we haven't touched base on that you uh, you would like to talk about, or any other stories or or thoughts before we wrap up? No, I'm not sure. I mean, I just appreciate you bringing bringing me on and um, you know keeping us keeping us closer together with these uh, with these interviews and stuff. I appreciate it. It's always uh, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. And I wish, like I said, I wish we were kind of a little bit closer so we could train a little more often and get that get that that, that sparring time in. I miss. That's I want when you guys train together and I see you guys posting pictures like with uh, with uh, uh, Master Salona and you know that crew. I just I'm like man, I was just like couple hours closer and you guys would have me i would come down and um just love to train but uh yeah no i mean i appreciate you having me on i guess the, the biggest thing that i would um you know save with two two things i guess just to leave anybody that's watching this is you know um keep when you're when you're teaching what i found that works best for me is if if you lead with your kind of like lead with your heart and everything kind of else just falls in place if you just like teach with your heart try to try to uh go with what's best for your, for the students and the families and stuff like that. And just leave with that. It's all just going to work out. Like people are still going to leave and stuff like that. That's the way it, that's the way it goes. But if you lead with your heart, you've done, you've done good. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is just keep training, just keep training. I don't care if you're forties or in your eighties, just keep training. Or if you're in your teens, keep training, find a way keep training. There's always, there's always a way when you know, there's always a way. So, so just keep training always you find a way if you're injured, uh, work around it. If you got, look at, look at yourself, you know, you got your lower body is injured. You're still doing what you can with your lower body. You're probably focusing on your upper body and doing what you can. Right. So just keep training stick. We need, we need, we need all the young, young people to come up and be the future of our association. The people that are still with us, we need that. We need that wisdom still around. We need you to be able to move. So keep training. Yeah. I mean, look at your, your dad, you talked about keep training. I mean, your dad is a perfect example of that. Um, I can't tell you how many times where I'm sitting with him and, and someone will, will figure out, well, we'll find out how old he is. And there's just like blown away, you know, he's cause at this point he's in his seventies, right? Yeah. He's in his seventies. Yes. Yeah. And it's just like, he doesn't, I mean, You'd, you'd guess the way he moves, the way he he uh, carries himself, you know, he, he's easily 10 to 15 years younger, uh, you know, in his his attitude, his demeanor. Um, so, you know, you got a good you got a good example in that. Keep training. Like you said, uh, he, he continues to be that uh, that guy, whatever, 30 years on. And he said that in his interview that I did, that that you were always his his best training partner, and you pushed yeah. him to, you know, to try harder and to keep going. So yeah, doing form side by side is our one of our favorite that clinics and stuff at Masters Clinic, Black Belt Clinic. Those are our favorite. Some of our favorite things was doing the forms and going up through. <laughs> well, soon soon enough, uh, you'll you'll be able to join him uh, alongside him as a six don, right? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, yeah, that's right. Going through the process now, so yeah, he's still ahead of me. So I'm trying, I'm trying my hardest to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, everyone. If you've watched this far, I would appreciate your support. Um, I'm working on making the interviews a little more consistent uh, for 2023. Got some great ones lined up, and uh, I hope that everyone continues to watch. So, sir, thank you again for for joining me and uh, me. we'll talk soon. Talk soon. Sounds good. Talk soon.